Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at Skip by Molly Mendoza, collecting no issues of any series because it's one big graphic novel from No Bro um, in 2019. Very new, and very modern and very relevant. Ben, my biggest question about this comic was, so correct me if I'm wrong, yes. but it was the Tesseract that turned Captain America into a Nazi. Yeah, so it was it was the Tesseract originally, Michael, and then it was retconned to be the Mind Stone pretending to be the Tesseract. Right, 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 yeah, yeah, I like that. That was a, a bit of a twist. What I've done there is a little bit of a joke, Ben. The joke was that I've gone ahead and read Captain America is a Nazi because for this week's issue of Collecting Issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club, you seem to have accidentally given me a children's storybook. Not just a children's story, but Michael, so, how dare you? So I've gone and I've read a comic book about Captain America being a Nazi instead. So I'm going to derail <laughs> this week's whole episode by every time you try to talk about art and themes, I'm going to talk about that time Captain America was a Nazi. You cook. You got me. You got me. Um, yeah, this is an unusual one, Michael, isn't it? I've, I've kind of I've kind of thrown you a curved ball. A curved ball, Ben. It's not a curved ball now, Ben, because that doesn't make any sense at all. Now, there might be some sort of theoretical physics, fourth dimensional version of a ball where upon the ball is curved. And Captain America is a Nazi. Captain America is, in fact, a Nazi. It was such an unexpected twist. That's what I really enjoyed about not reading this children's colouring book that you've given me <laughs> for this week's uh, for this week's episode of Collecting Issues, the comic book book club that is bi-weekly. Excellent work, Michael. You've given me a right old ribbing. I have. You're going to the podcast this week. Well done, Michael. Well Thank you done. very much. I've laid straight into you and this week's subject. Yes, you've. I've. I've been. I've been firmly, firmly. I was going to say seen to there, Michael. Well, that means something entirely different. Uh, <laughs> I've been firmly put in my place. Let's put yes, it that good. Way. All um, right, let's wrap it up. So that's it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, join us in two weeks' time when we'll be taking a look at who knows what. I'm just joking, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is an unusual one, Michael, because it is, in many senses, I suppose, if you so as you so eloquently put, is is a little bit more of a, a children's tale, Michael, a visual. Uh, narrative. Mm. Now, Ben, Compared comic books are visual narratives, aren't they? They are, but this one kind of leans into it, Michael. This one is like, who needs those words anyway? Hmm? Yeah, too many mm-hmm. words in other comics. Um, I hazard a guess I'd be stretching it if I said there's even 20 words on each spread um, in this particular comic. It's it's very um, dialogue sparse. Yeah, and most of the dialogue is like, what's this? Who's that? What's over there? Look out. I love friends. But this is all very scary. No, it isn't. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that going on, Michael. There's a lot of that going on. So to to give the listeners who have definitely read this because this is Collecting Issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club, and you should probably read the thing before you read it or before you listen. You've done uh, it, Ben. I'm so proud that you got I've it. I've done it. <laughs> That's my first ever uh, bi-weekly comic book book club. Um, good. And you'd swear that I hadn't stood in front of a mirror and practiced that for days. Benjamin, that's enough banter. Talk about yeah. the comic. So uh, this particular comic, Michael, is set... Uh, well, it begins, Michael, on the character of Bloom. Mm. Bloom. Leopold Bloom. Leopold Bloom. I do think, oddly enough, Michael, despite you saying that, there is a touch of that about it because it's a wandering adventure, not unlike one James Joyce's Ulysses. Yeah, that's what um, I was alluding to. I wasn't yes, doing I, a joke. I've read oh, more books than you, you son of a bitch. I'm sure you have, Michael. I'm sure you have. Many a book you've read. Yeah. See, um, so we were introduced to Bloom and his caretaker B, 
Mm. And B is is kind of a, a Logan-esque character um, in a wasteland who's like, oh, you, do, you don't go over that side of the lake, kid. Watch out you for the do robot it. dogs. You don't we're in do that, it. <laughs> we're in that episode of Black Mirror. Remember that episode of Black Mirror with the robot dogs? We're in that, but we're side characters. Yeah, it's a, it's a David Bowie song brought to life, Michael. They live on the shore of, and they fight against the diamond dogs over there in the robo city. And uh, B has to go over there and save them. And poor old Bloom's left by himself. Now, Benjamin, I have to admit, I was quite excited about a showdown with the robot dogs. And very disappointed <laughs> Very, very disappointed when it took a turn towards this nonsense instead of <laughs> instead of a post-apocalyptic showdown with robot dogs like it promised me. The rug was reefed out from under you, Michael, and you were denied a robo-dog duel. I, they got to the section where B was going off, Ben, and B was going to go and help the people fight the robot dogs. And I went, oh, fantastic, a section about fighting the robot dogs. I'm sure this isn't going to turn into some sort of metaphysical emotional journey instead. And then uh-huh. they followed the wrong character. <laughs> they left B behind and I had to follow Bloody Bloom and watch yeah. him grow up. It was awful. Um, so I suppose in that sense, Michael, it is a bit of a Pixar narrative, isn't it? It's, it's a, oh God, emotions are very big and scary things, aren't they? If only mm. there was some kind of positive experience you could go through that challenges you in certain ways to help you accept the world as it is. That's what it um, is, isn't it, Ben? It's a, we're going to go through all of these. We're going to go and confront our fear and, and make relationships with people who may or not, may not even be real, Benjamin, but then we're going to grow and develop. And maybe it's all just... A metaphor for coping with loneliness and growing up. And I think that's that's probably what it is, Michael, but we get into that in a second there. So there is a, a second Not character as we a huh? single flipping robot dog well, in a the whole thing. There's a glimpse of a robo dog now. Come oh, on. Not there's a glimpse of a robo dog in there now. Hang on, we'll no. get to that. We'll get All to right. that. So uh, Bloom is given a very important thing by B And it becomes kind of the central MacGuffin of the whole shindig Mm -hmm. Michael and that's the little necklace that B wears around her neck And he's to keep it safe for her Oh oh, I'm going to stop you there Ben Go on That's that's the little necklace that B wears around their neck Oh it's true you're right right. they have to keep it safe for them you're you're correct, Michael. We've 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 avoided the L pronouns. That's my mistake. I'd like to apologize. Uh, well done on steering me back on that path. So they have given the necklace to Bloom. Yes. Who is to keep it safe for them? Yes. But good. Thank you. And that becomes the the kind of central MacGuffin because in 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 a fit of kind of frustration and and angst, Michael Bloom chucks it into a lake. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, no, now I've got uh, to get it because that's got uh, sentimental uh, value for me. I'm going to stop you there, Ben. It's not he's like. They chuck it into a lake. Bloom chucks it into a lake. I'm sorry. Good. I'm sorry. Bloom chucks it into a lake and Bloom has to go, oh, no, that has significant emotional value for me. I shall retrieve it. Very good. And they hop in the lake. Very interesting and ironic. Very interesting and ironic. Yes. Then we are introduced to the secondary character, Michael, who is Gloopy, which is ridiculous. But look, we'll is go it Gloopy? It. It's Gloopy, man. Bloom and Gloopy. Keep oh, going. Yeah. Keep going. It's gonna wreck your day. So uh, Gloopy seems to be part of some kind of uh, my- mycelium world, Michael. Yes, very good, Benjamin. I'm very proud of you that you've got. The yes, I looked that up for precisely for this very episode, Michael. Uh, and in that world, Michael. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of, of shroomy boys, fun guys, 
Fun guys. And uh, they're doing fun things. Yeah. Getting ready for something called the harvest. Um and, and Gloopy isn't really interested in the harvest. He's interested in being a solo uh, creator. They are interested in being a solo creator. <laughs> Gloopy isn't interested in being part of the harvest. They are interested in being a solo creator. Mm. They want to make their own thing, Michael. Yeah. They want to do their own thing. They don't want to work with the collective. And so within that narrative, Michael, uh, two two key uh, strains of storyline are, are established. Within Bloom, we see the need to grow up and accept the situation in the world that it is and face your problems head on. And within Gloopy, we see that there's a need to work within uh, within groups on occasion, Michael. Sometimes you don't get to go off and just be a bloody genius creator. But the Gloopster isn't presented as a genius creator either. The Gloopster is presented as just someone who struggles fitting in with mainstream society. Yeah, a bit of an outsider, Michael. Yeah, like, but yeah. with, I mean, that's a nice message that you can be a bit of an outsider and a bit of a, let's be honest, a bit of an annoying prick, but still yeah. have contributions to make to society. The society, I can't say that. Contributions to make to society. <laughs> You got it. You got so, it. So, I mean, it is a nice message. Gloopy's story is a nice message that, look, Gloopy, stop fucking messing. Stop fucking wrecking everything. You're a pain in the hoop. We know you have valuable contributions to make to society, but toe the line a bit first and then get on board. It's like, it's the message for the bold kid in school. Yeah. Like, Barry, stop pulling Siobhan's hair. And then show us what you've done with your Legos. It's a very nice Lego structure, Barry. Yeah. If you could just stop acting the bollocks. I mean, misbehaving. Yes. Sorry. Don't tell your mums and dads. Yeah. And that's generally how that goes. So within that, Michael, the, the, the two characters are, are thrust together in mm. a kind of timey-wimey, loopy, parallelly dimensiony, jumpy, wumpy thing. Yes. So, Benjamin, at first I thought they were travelling through the paintings in an art gallery or something That's like that. That's what I thought as well. I thought it was going to be some sort of twist, Ben, where they were all different paintings in an art gallery. Yes. Ben, is there any chance that this comic book was inspired by some sort of paintings in an art gallery? Oh, I, I think there are several genres at work there, uh, Michael. And Molly Mendoza, who is both auteur and uh, artiste on this particular one, is kind of renowned for her ability to play with form and bend it all out of whack, Michael. And you'll notice as they move through the different worlds of this particular book that certain styles approach cubism, certain styles approach realism on occasion. There's some animated styles in there. And I think what it is, Michael, I'd hazard yes. a guess, is it's it's kind of a, a journey through Molly Mendoza's own inspirations as an artiste. Oh, how very um, clever and interesting. And I think it... it it loosely parallels her own journey of discovery through the medium of artistic visualization. Very good. I'm going to let you away with her there because that's what the back of the book calls her. Thank God for that. Yes, it's <laughs> very God for much that. easier for you. Uh, much easier for me. Yes, yes. I, I do so hate to have to make an effort in society mm. um, to be part of it. It's just the worst. Because I'm a bad bloke. Anyway. Um, those different worlds are pretty interesting, Michael, as as they go along. There's a weird gothic Americana one with some feathery crow things that don't get on with people. Some of them are scared. One of them's afraid of being left alone forever. Don't we only meet one of them, though? Isn't that the interesting thing? We meet the crow cut. And, yeah. And then Bloom 
tells Cut that um, they saw some other crows. Maybe no, it's, it's Loopy. Blue, maybe it's Gloopy. And and Cut is like, I don't know if I believe you, but I'm going to go and try and find them. And if you're, if you're wrong, you're, it's going to fuck me up, you son of a bitch. And Gloopy's like, ah, I'm not. I'm not messing. I'm always messing, but I'm not messing this time. I'm not messing this time, I swear. That way for more crows. <laughs> that way for more crows. Nice. So within within those different worlds, we see different things. There's a there's a world on fire at one point, Michael, a kind of medieval uh, tribalistic town that's on fire. And there's a refrain that runs through the entire cityscape, which is stop fighting. Yeah. Why are you fighting? Mm. And that to me, Michael, is fascinating because at the end, mm-hmm. when Bloom and Gloopy depart for another world. Yeah. It pulls out, Michael, and we see that it's it's the entire world that's bemoaning its own tearing itself apart. Perhaps a plea, Michael, for the inner turmoil of a human being to just settle down. Yeah. Just stop second-guessing yourself. Mm. Stop being at war with oneself, Michael. Give it yes. over. I was reminded of the painting Guernica, Ben. Yes, Michael, very good. Very. You've seen paintings. I've seen paintings, Ben. I've seen almost all of them. You've seen paintings. You have. And then, Michael, what I find, the one I found most interesting, Michael, I suppose, is, is the one that challenges the myth of the the, the genius, isolated artist. Um, oh, do go this, on. That's the not strange, the one I found most interesting. The strange digiscape that Gloopy finds himself uh, kind of uh, pulled into. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh. Themself. <laughs> that Gloopy finds themselves uh, No, 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 it's not no, plural No, it's themselves, yeah. sorry That Gloopy finds themselves uh, pulled into And there they meet another kind of creator god of, on, a, on a far grander scale, Michael Who has foregone the outside world In favour of creating their own little universe I thought it was on a far smaller scale though, funnily enough because, oh, interesting. Because they had created their own little self-contained universe with no other life or creatures or beings. So although in that universe they were all powerful, in, in itself it was a tiny creation. Yeah, it was only a little baby creation, Michael. Only a little baby creation. A little tiny universe with much less impact on other people than, say, Gloopy's creations of little dolls made of grass. Yes, the strange little dolls made of grass. But that's a very important moment for Gloopy as they realise that it's it's very important for them to perhaps, to perhaps create amongst peers. Mm. They would like to contribute, they decide. Exactly, because mm. the creation in isolation and only creating for yourself and never using that creation to to put out there into society is that less... Is that lesser? It's certainly read to me as being lesser, but that might be my own. Um, that me my, my yeah, that might be my own influences, Ben. Well, I, I think that's one of the the genuinely decent things about this particular graphic novel, Michael. Is it's it's awfully open to interpretation. Very open to interpretation, Ben. For um, example, there was a big cat, and it was the Cheshire Cat, and I interpreted it as being it's the Cheshire Cat. But I, I think that's a very I think that's a very fair assumption, Michael, because that's their initial entry into the Wonderland, the the strange upside down universe, the topsy turvy, the up whatever you want to call it. Have you ever been in Alice in Wonderland or seen Alice in Wonderland? Look, here's the Cheshire Cat, but he's not a fun and mysterious character. He's just going to try and eat you because he's a big prick. Yeah, he's a big malicious bastard. Yeah, in through a tube and you'll be fine. Yeah, it's 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 no good, Michael. It's no good, Ben. Uh, Yes. 
What did we learn about the crocodile teenagers? So that's a really interesting thing. There's that's probably ben. the most dialogue heavy section. What do they want? They we meet Gloria in that particular section, and Gloria is a crocodile lady. Yeah, well, um, we don't know she's a lady. She's a crocodile. They're yes. a crocodile. Is that better? There you They're go. <laughs> Would you prefer that? Yeah. They're well, a crocodile. Ben, ben, I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't prefer that, but this comic book certainly <laughs> would. They're a crocodile person mm-hmm. in a crocodile world. Well, in a reptile world. Yeah. And it's it's a strange moment of board games. Again, Michael, I think if you were to take an intensely biographical look at it, it's probably a reflection on peer pressure and teenage trying to fit in. Go on. Um, everybody else at the party, Michael, has gotten a little bit buzzed and is having a little snoozy woozy. Right. Because uh, they're all a little bit intense. But there's there's one crocodile person still there and they're like, oh, I want to have fun. And if you were going to go really Freudian with it, Michael, which I know you'll hate, which is why I'm going to do it. Ben. Um, it yes. I've no time for Freud. He's been disproven. He was a yes, crank. several times over, Michael. Yeah. Several times over. But if you were going to take a leap, you might guess that the board game is an attempt to hold on to the childish things of the past, Michael, in the midst of a rather more adult affair. Have you ever no. seen my room, Ben? I've seen, I've seen your tiny room. Or, Ben, the fact that you've given me a children's uh, storybook. Ben, I, <laughs> Which is I am... Which also informative. Yeah, I, am, I am mocking this quite heavily, but it is good. But, um... I'm only partially joking about the children's storybook thing. In all honesty, as you know, Ben, uh, my good lady friend um, is a teacher and she has a few children's storybooks around. <laughs> and there is a lot of the same vibe to this. Yeah, that's even fair. the 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 pastel style. The mm. um, it's it's not comic books, Ben. It's not uh, it's not pencil ink over pencil and digital coloring. No, it's not. And Ben, I'm not saying that I'm not using that as a negative comparison. This hues more towards art, I would say. I I would agree with you, Michael. In in fact, in fact, I think this is a very ambitious project. I think Nobrow, the publisher, I mean, it's stunning to look at for me personally. It's obviously a very subjective thing, but it is a bit of a risk because there's not a lot to tether the reader. There's not a lot to help you make sense of this big old world as they jump through. And even the the two characters that were introduced to, Gloopy and Bloom, they haven't got a feckin' clue what's going on. Not a clue, Ben. And here's the thing for you. Nor do they at the end. No. There's no resolution to this. With absolutely no resolution. No resolution whatsoever. Just uh, growth. It's no good. It's no good, Michael. There are several theories. I thought you liked it. Uh, no, the just the, the lack of resolution, Michael, is it makes it a big risk. Makes it a big risk for Benjamin, the reader. Tell me a bit about No Brow. No Brow kind of do this type of comic. I suppose they're a, a you could almost call them a European styles comics inspired publisher. And a lot of their work is taking those risks that other publishers might not. I could never see a Marvel or a DC or even an image. Who you might expect, Michael. Right. Who you might expect um, to come out and, and give this a go. But um, I suppose you could look at Nobrow as a, an abstract publisher. Mm. Uh, that's what they do. They they find these little... It's interesting that you said art, Michael. Um, oh, thank you. Yes, very good work. It's interesting that you said art. But these are almost... 
I, I suppose literary is the wrong word for them, but they are an attempt at something more experimental. There's a surrealist feel to it. Um, so the the full name of that lovely company is No Brow Press. Right. Um, a lot of their work, Michael, is in children's books, as you may okay. have guessed. Yes. Um, but they're also heavily focused on um, American comics with an X, C-O-M-I-X, and European-style comic fusions. Mm. So what you can expect to find if you go to the No Brow website is you can expect to find an awful lot of cultural heritage style comics that delve into Aztec myths, Nordic myths, things like that, um, mm. and explore those realms. You can expect to find an awful lot of drag literature, um, Michael, and LGBTQ positive. Well, um, it, it does very much, Ben, despite being an entirely non-political thing, it very much wears its politics on its sleeve. Oh, it's it's left leaning in the extreme, Michael. To the extreme, Ben. To the extreme amount that it took me, Ben, noted leftist, out of it a bit. Oh, yeah. I, I just I I know it has been tripping us up a bit on this podcast, but I found the pronouns thing quite distracting. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, mm. I I suppose in a sense, Michael, given their their continuous attempts at children's literature and things like that this might be meant for a, a younger generation to try and introduce those politics at a younger age and i'm not i'm not saying that they want to be introduced as a, a conscious thing but rather just the idea that the the standard pronouns that we have used in the past are not necessarily going to be 100% needed in the future yeah I don't know. true 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 that ben but also and this is just purely from a linguistic point of view. They isn't a great, great replacement. <laughs> no, that's as, that's, as, that's a whole can of worms in itself. As oh you've God. seen, and also as the the, I, I what what genuinely took me out of it a little bit was that the only other pronoun other than they used, or the only other gendered term other than they they is when the moon is described as female. The moon is called she. Uh, it's a classic, Michael. It's yeah, a classic yeah. mythological yeah. precept. Yeah, very interesting. Very mm. interesting. Took me out of it a good bit, Ben. I didn't like it, to be honest with you. I didn't like that side of it. I like the art. I like the story. I like the message. Could have done without the confusion of they. If you were to guess which one of us is gloopy and which one of us is bloom on this very podcast, Michael, what would you say? Uh, I don't know. Okay, good. Um, so I haven't we, learned any lessons, Ben. From this, <laughs> there there aren't that many lessons to be taken, Michael. I think um, at the end, the two characters go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. And each receives, a, we'll call it a mini resolution. We call it a mini resolution, Michael. Sure. No, I mean, I mean, I, I don't think, well, they do. I suppose they, they complete their arc, their yeah. very simple arc. Perhaps that's a better way to... To phrase it. Yeah. So um, Gloopy learns the lesson of don't always be a prick and sometimes <laughs> sometimes toe the line and then, you know. Which is a great lesson, I'll be honest. Great fucking lesson. Excellent lesson. Stop being a prick all the time. Toe the line a bit and then show people your skills and what you can do and then you'll be appreciated. Yeah. Fantastic Contribute, lesson. you yeah. son of a uh, bitch. <laughs> whereas, uh, whereas... I don't know what lesson Bloom just develops an independence I suppose and which is becomes, a lesson in itself Michael yeah and becomes a bit of a protector to the two people that they find 
Yes, there, there's not always going to be, Michael, a bee to hold your hand. Exactly. And sometimes, Michael, yeah. bad things happen to good bees. Yeah, and presumably then off to fight the robot dogs next. I mean, fingers crossed, Michael, that one day they'll head towards the, what was it called? The carefree zone or the, the easy in, zone? or like, In the much better sequel, Ben. Bloom versus the <laughs> robot dogs. Bloom versus the robo dogs, which yeah. Michael will be seizing upon at the earliest possible Love convenience. It. Finally! I, I don't know the, how, I don't know how M- Molly Mendoza? Yes. I don't know how Molly Mendoza is going to squeeze in a page that looks a bit like Kandinsky on an ep- on a comic about Bloom versus the Robot Dogs, but I'm sure she'll give it a shot. Oh, I'd, I'm sure. I, I'd say she'll pull it off with a plum, Michael. Very the, cool. the art here is spectacular, and it, it defies all kind of... I mean, you can get hints of different things, but it really is its own fluid thing, Michael. I was incredibly impressed by it. Yes, the art is excellent. I liked the... The, it's bizarre Ben I grew up in a house where we had very old monochrome comics from the I guess 60s lying around but European monochrome comics Ben and the way they used to print European monochrome comics was each strip would be printed in a colour okay so you'd read like a four page strip and it would be black and white and pastel blue. Oh, good. And then you'd go to the next strip, totally unrelated, and that would be black and white and yellow. That's how you knew. And that's how, that's how the comics were visually. I'm talking about stuff like Sylvester the Cat bit. Oh, nice. And the, is it Sylvester the Cat? Yeah, it is Sylvester the Cat. The one with the round face. Felix the Cat. Felix the Cat. Felix, Felix the Cat. Felix the Cat. And... This reminded me a lot of that, of sitting on my grandparents' floor on like a Saturday morning, reading nice. ancient comics that smelled old. And yeah. a lot of this was like, and they came in formats like this. This is a big, thick, hefty, expensive yolk. feeling yoke. Yeah. It's uh, it's great from that perspective. Did you have a little trip down memory lane, Michael? I took a little trip down memory lane, Aww. Ben. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, That's quite nice. But then others, like obviously the the um, the the constant changing of art style is cool. Yeah, I think it's one of the best ways to keep people intrigued because I think without without the clear narrative or investment, which isn't which isn't there, Michael, um, you, you're not given a lot to invest yourself in. No, I, think I that, mean, if it had ended with them ending up in oblivion you would go grant grant <laughs> job yeah grant very pretty i enjoyed it the universe is meaningless off i go off i go on my way so yeah i mean i think it's an interesting little thing i think it's a very ambitious project i thoroughly enjoyed it michael um and i'm glad you enjoyed it too and you had a little trip down memory lane thank you ben that's quite nice uh michael if people liked this yeah what else did they bloody like Ben, I haven't a flipping clue. Yeah, fair. Uh, you tell me. I, <laughs> I feel like Pixar stuff is probably your bag, ladies and gentlemen. Go go have a look at some Pixar films. Um, in terms of comic books, which is what we're really here to discuss, Michael. On uh, collecting I, issues of the bi-weekly comic book book club. Exactly. If you're looking for a more uh, a kind of a grown-up version of this, Casanova, um, Casanova from Image Comics is, is a pretty good... Um, shout on that one that has some pretty interesting stuff I have that name wrong now it is Casanova something but I can't remember Casanova Frankenstein 
Uh, nope, that's the guy from Mystery Men. Um, <laughs> that's Jeffrey Rush in Mystery Men. Yes, it is. Very also good. good. I mean, Very well done. If you want to go check that out, that's fine. Um, but you will probably enjoy those kinds of dimensionally happy things. There's an excellent comic out there from Image Comics called Shutter. Um, oh. You might enjoy that. You might even, and this go is on. a bit of a stretch, enjoy a saga. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can, see where you're com- no, I can see where you're coming from with that. Um, but yeah, so I think you'd probably enjoy those, Michael. I wouldn't be now, going near the Marvel boys or the DC boys. I don't think they have as much to offer. No, if this if this has floated your boat, um, you're not going to pick up a comic book and go, oh, wow, how did Captain America turn into a Nazi? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I can't Which wait to read on. Harkens back to my joke from earlier, Ben. Um, if, if you are going to pick up Saga, though, let's say you read this with a flipping seven-year-old and they go, I love comics now. <laughs> Provide me with more comics. Don't give them Saga. It's got willies in it. Yeah, no, don't do not do that. There's a, there's a lot of penis. Yeah. A lot of penis. Mm. Um, yeah, no, ladies and gentlemen, if you're doing that, just just check out, uh, go to Nobrow. Go have a look at El Nobrow. Um, press, they'll have loads of comics that are similar to this one, including the wonderful little uh, Nordic-inspired comic book series, Hilda, which you can see on Netflix. Oh, very good. Uh, as an animated TV show but that is very much for children yeah you so know what you'd won't. probably like Ben and it actually throws back to what's going on this week you'd probably like the work oh I should have prepared this you would probably like the work of Irish Animation Studio oh excellent Ben who are they what are they called Cartoon Saloon Cartoon Saloon and they are do- are they is that Cartoon Saloon yeah the Cartoon Saloon the Secret has of done Kells and- the Secret of Kells, uh, Song of the Sea. They've just been nominated for an Oscar for their latest one, which is Wolfwalkers mm. um, on Apple TV. Um, they've also done some Irish language comics, Michael, uh, like The Tawn back in the day, which is pretty interesting. Um, so they actually are a great shout, Michael. Well played, sir. Thank you. Well played. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for us this week. But do let us know what you bloody thought. You can do so in a couple of different ways. We're on the interwebs if you want to find us in our whole production company at www.shomerbeog.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. Means tiny room in Irish. Kind But do you know what Michael would bloody love? Do you know what would really wet his whistle? Mm, what would it be? Because if he got up on the Discord. Get up on it. <laughs> where you can chat with us in real time um, ladies and gentlemen give us a shout let us know what you think yeah don't keep us waiting mm. um, it's, have a go uh, with me about pronouns it's a inclusive space um, Michael for the she's days and gays um, and it's just you know it, it's it's a great time come on get up on it get up on the discord there that's yeah uh, I it's mean, a tiktok uh, term Michael you'll enjoy that you'll good enjoy thank that. you that'll get the kids on board I guarantee that'll, you yeah good I don't know if we want them Ben <laughs> <laughs> um, you can also find us on Instagram at Collecting Issues Podcast or just at Collecting Issues I can never remember you can never remember Ben because you don't really maintain it that much try them both try, try them both. both see what happens one of them's us the other one, <laughs> one is our non-union us. equivalent um, in two weeks time ladies and gentlemen we haven't really decided what we're doing <laughs> oh damn it have we forgotten again uh, well do you fancy tackling an Irish language one Michael Oh, Mahan Farag is Mahan go. So we are actually going to tackle the uh, Anton from Cartoon Saloon and um, Mayo Press. Oh, very exciting, um, Ben. Which is a are retelling the of the Irish, in Irish epic. Or in English? It's an Irish. Uh, it's a retelling of the Irish epic Tom Bo Coolin. 
Not the um, comic bit. Are we going to do the episode in Irish or in English? No, we're doing the episode in English. There's oh, no, good. That's, that'll be a lot easier. <laughs> um, that's it from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. We will talk to you in two weeks' time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that thing. <laughs>